millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. My apologies for the delay. I had a lot of things going on, including coming back to Ireland. Uh, I'm writing a new series for RTE. It comes out in December. Uh, Trump, actually, the, the Trump thing, which myself and my guest, Aiden Bishop, who is my brother, who we'll discuss in a minute, also distracted me because I ended up doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of radio and doing Kilkonomics. And anyway, I... I don't want to come up with too many excuses, but needless to say, I was super busy. And also, the week leading up to leaving New York, I was gigging so much, so late at night, that uh, I just I didn't get it together. So I really apologize. Um, and here we are. We're back. And we're about to have a chat with my brother, Aiden Bishop. This is the second attempt. The first attempt had some technical difficulties, uh, as well as some other difficulties, uh, which we also discuss, and uh, I've nothing else to say. I won't talk about Trump because myself and Aiden talk about it. Although I'm sure I'm sure you're sick of hearing about it. It is Tuesday morning. I am in Rialto, in Dublin Eight, the wonderful city of Dublin, with a semi-blue sky. Looking through my skylight, the morning after the super moon, and a new day is dawning, as is uh, as it is in the world. Yet, we don't know what that day is going to bring yet. We hope for this gentle blue sky that we have now, but we just don't know. Anyway, without further ado, my guest is Aiden Bishop. Does he need an introduction? I guess he does. He is a comedian. Uh, started doing comedy in and around 2002. He moved to Ireland in 2003. And he now runs the International Comedy Club, the home of Irish comedy. Every Thursday to Sunday. And... Uh, he is also, we talk mostly here about his dyslexia, which was diagnosed very late in his life. And uh, he has a very interesting story to tell about living his life undiagnosed dyslexic and all the pain that comes with that. So, Aiden Bishop, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. Here we are. Chatting to, I'm chatting to Aiden Bishop, my brother, in our house in Rialto in Dublin. Yeah, a lovely, a lovely clean house. Yes, there may be a hint of sarcasm on Aiden's voice there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a bachelor pad. We do live with the. We do live with a Chinese couple. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but they are breaking up at the moment, so that's a little awkward. Well, it's just the two of us in the house right now. So it's well, right now it's just the two of us, but we do. Uh, it is a weird situation we're in at the moment, don't you think? It is. Well, he's gone. He moved out. Oh, he moved out. He moved out. Yeah. This when did that happen? Yesterday. No dilly, no dilly dally with the Chinese man. You know they only broke up like a week ago, and he's already out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when is she yeah. coming back? She should be back. She might actually be walking in while we're doing this podcast. Oh right, yeah. So they're, that was weird. Yeah, I mean they're I quiet though, man. It's great. They're quiet. The Chinese men. I no, no, they're great. They're great tenants. Well, anyway, uh, this is actually the second attempt at myself and Aiden doing a podcast. The first time we were in New York, and uh, I. I I wanted to yeah, I wanted to put up the bit about dyslexia and then there was just major technical difficulties. And and then I just luckily happened to bump into Godfrey at the comedy cellar. Yes. So this is our second attempt. So we have to pretend that we haven't talked about any of these things before. No, but I I've done some more research on it since then, so on dyslexia? Yeah, we did some more. Well let's talk about that in a minute. Before we start before we talk about dyslexia, which is what I want to talk to you about. The, by the way, the reason why I want to talk to you about dyslexia on the podcast is because it's it's first first of all, it's the thing about your life that I didn't know because you didn't know. Uh, and also, it's the thing that like, like if I asked you what your childhood's like, <laughs> you know, I know that already. I know, exactly. You know, like I you know. talk to a lot of people like, you know, I know everything about you. I know about your comedy career. I know the whole thing. So it's kind of weird if I ask you those questions because I have to pretend not to know. 
Whereas with the dyslexia stuff, it's interesting. And even though we did talk about it before, uh, you know, I don't hundred percent remember. Plus, I do I do find the whole thing pretty fascinating. And I think a lot of people will find it fascinating because there are a lot of dyslexic people out there, and there maybe a lot of people that were in your situation that uh, didn't know themselves, like you. Yeah, well, adults. Yeah, but I mean, the reason why I went and got tested was because of you, though. I know. Well, let's okay. Just hold the thought for one second. All right, second, all right. Because right. I figure two Americans living abroad six days after the election of Donald Trump. Okay. Maybe we should talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. How well, are you feeling? Well, I was shocked. I, I literally woke up in the middle of the night, checked my, I checked my phone, and I couldn't believe it, and I couldn't fall back asleep. Me too. I was the exact same. Four o'clock in the morning. I couldn't. I, couldn't, I wasn't. I was somewhere. <laughs> doesn't matter where I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You weren't yes. here because no. I was watching CNN here yeah, exactly. and you were not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what happened? So you were... Ray, I was in Dublin, were Dublin 12. You're <laughs> so, <laughs> so Aiden was in Dublin 12 staying in somebody else's house. <laughs> female, so, female. Yeah, just no, I, know, I, know, I know, but Aiden... What, what, what what did you do? Did you go to like her sitting room or what? No, no, I was just I had it on my phone. I was just like like lying in bed watching literally the results. Literally, you could on the see. I, I downloaded CNN app and you could. It was just streaming it live. There were so many people just streaming it live for free. So I just watched it from my phone, and I couldn't I couldn't fall asleep. I I couldn't believe that first of all he got Florida, which was unbelievable. Yeah, and Pennsylvania. I mean, well Pennsylvania, I couldn't believe when that started going. I was like, no way. Anyway, that's been well covered. I know. Now it's been six days. How are you feeling? Well, you can. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm extremely disappointed. How it doesn't affect my life that much, but it just. It, yeah, that, that that was our joke. It's like we're white men. No, no, I mean, no, we're, it doesn't affect. We're fine. I, I know. Us white guys. <laughs> hey, listen, I, man. If you're a millionaire, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> the tax break for millionaires, you know. But for me, it doesn't really affect me. But it does a little bit because I'm disappointed. That was Obama. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was joking. No, I know. About I know. Yeah. I know, I was like, Wait a minute. Oh, no, I just got my money. <laughs> but I, I said the same joke. I'm not because I saw that bit. But I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm not rich, so it doesn't really affect me that much. But, oh right, I know what you mean. But for yeah. rich people, yeah. But people, you're also yeah. not like a black woman. No, exactly. So the negative man. side. And I'm not living in America. Is not, the upside doesn't affect you, and the downside doesn't affect you. Yeah, but well, first of all, Obama Obama did a good enough job. They made a lot of progress, and I feel like America's taking two steps back now. I know. But you forget what America's like. You know that we we, we forgot that America is angry and a little bit racist at the end of the day yeah and this just proves that i mean i was at kilconomics so i had a very i i moderated a discuss a very long discussion about trump and the future and i mean the majority of the discussion was yes it's completely understandable how this happened uh there was also obviously like a lot of criticism of the the stupidity of people not to have seen it coming uh, most people feel like he's not going to be as bad as he seemed, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's worrying, particularly about the Supreme Court. Yes, it is worrying, yeah. And he even said yesterday on 60 Minutes that it's going to be up to the states and people, if they want, some people are going to have to leave their home state to go for an abortion, which I thought is hilarious because that's the Irish solution. I know, I can't you believe know, if it. You know, if you're a Christian and you're against abortion, you live in a state where... You can pretend that shit you don't aren't comfortable with. You can pretend it's not happening, which is what happens in Ireland. I know it's it's unbelievable. I I, I can't believe people are still holding on to those ideas. But what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? I mean, now Trump is in, and I just feel I just what well, I, I reflect on the Democrats and how they just underestimated. They really thought they were making all this progress, and they could they were talking in a way that wasn't adhering to these to this section of America in a way. Like, for example, after the, some of these like uh, Islamic attacks in America, so these small attacks saying it's ISIS, they were going around, everybody, no, no Islamophobia, okay, everybody, don't, you know, like, they should have talked a little bit more harsher. I guess, I know, but what they're trying to do is trying to keep people from getting too angry. It's right? just, it just adheres yeah, to but this kind of lib that liberals yeah. are weak, liberals are weak, so yeah. when you start but the, talking yeah, but, about... But the, but the thing is that this is just a trend. This is just... A, a thing that has become pervasive across all Western democracies at the moment. People disagree, but I still think this is the byproduct of the recession. I think this is the tail end of people's anger about the recession and the unequal recovery. Of course, and, yeah. Yeah, so this atmosphere, I don't think it's going to last. So what, do you temporarily tap into it to get elected? 
like I think a lot of those people who said let's not be Islamophobic, let's not say that all Muslims are bad. I think those people are right. Now I know people say, well, the Democrats played it too soft, but I mean I think the Democrats fucked up in the sense that they have become too much of a center right party and they've moved away from their base. Yeah. And I guess, and I was wrong about this. I really thought Hillary would do better against Trump than Bernie. But now, you know, because I thought that Bernie's message was too simple, actually. I did. I thought Bernie's message was too simple and that in the end, people would would go, no, that's that's too simple. But now when I see that they vote for for fucking Trump, an even simpler, stupider message, I think maybe Bernie should have been there. Maybe Bernie, maybe the young people would have came out and forced for Bernie. And we wouldn't have a Trump presidency. And I was wrong yeah. about that. It would have been a closer. And Hillary just unfortunately wasn't a great candidate. But I know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, America's ready because Bernie opposed everything that's gone wrong. That everything that Trump was saying, Bernie opposed. He, he opposed the, the North American Free Trade oh, Agreement. You're saying that him and all the things that people liked about Trump, Bernie was also saying. Yeah, but he also, Minus- Bernie has proof that he, he was opposing everything. Yeah. Throughout all his time in the in the in the House or Senate, wherever he he's opposed everything. He opposed NAFTA. He was for gay marriage before anybody was. So everything that he he had it like he yeah he was against the Iraq War. He went out yeah. fought against the Iraq War, and he literally. But uh, uh, Trump was like you know he's an outsider. See, an outsider got into. He could say all these things. Yeah. He was an outsider. Yeah, I mean honestly, I was after Sarah Silverman posted that video. I mean, I I I, I was confused like because. The funny thing is, Bernie represented all my political views going back a long time. But I have to say, I always liked Hillary Clinton, you know? I thought she was like a pragmatic, strong woman, and, and I liked her. I even liked her originally when she was running against Obama. I was conflicted, uh, and I'm not afraid to admit that now. I don't think any—there's a lot of people that aren't very honest about whether— No, I always thought that Hillary would have been a better—yeah. Yeah, yeah so, we, we both said so it. Hillary, Hillary would have been a better when, president. When Hillary was running against Bernie— Bernie kind of represented more of, like, particularly over the last 20 years, like, my political beliefs. But, I don't know, I had this weird soft spot for Hillary Clinton. But, particularly after Sarah Silverman's video, which is silly to to say that that was one of the things that started to sway me. After that video, I really started to think, Jesus, you know, maybe there's more sense to Bernie than than I thought originally. In other words, I thought maybe Bernie would actually be good for the economy. But I always thought that he would... like hit a Republican wall that he would never be able to get over. And then the thing that made me not completely go over to Bernie was every time I heard him speak, he said the exact same thing, almost word for word. And I thought, I I literally thought his message was too limited and that perhaps he wouldn't have the, you know, he he, he wouldn't have the political skill to deal with the, the dirty side. And, and in fairness, he showed like a lack of political skill when he didn't go after Hillary on the emails Anyway, long story short, well, would, I was wrong. He I would have been a have great backed. candidate. And there was a great video of him going against Alan Greenspan. That was absolutely brilliant. He's ripping on Alan Greenspan. Oh, back before back, the recession? Yeah, this is before the recession. Like, he had all that proof. And the thing about it is that, you know, Obama got a lot of the white vote in the last, you know, 2014 election. And he got a lot of the, you know, the housewives vote. That's what Obama got. And I think that Bernie Sanders would have got those votes, too. Yeah, well... We, and, we'll and it's amazing that Trump... Got a lot he of those votes. those votes. I'm surprised how much of the women vote that Trump got. That's one thing I'm most surprised about. Yeah, but that's a whole nother topic. Well, I, I, I'm not that surprised because Mom hated Hillary. Yeah, and she loves Bill, and I think that's insane. You know, she talks about Hillary. Yeah, I just, couldn't believe that Mom was like secretly supporting Trump. I couldn't believe that. I, I don't think she was secretly supporting. She probably voted for Hillary, though. I'm sure she did. Yeah, I don't think she was secretly supporting Trump. But what I felt was that she preferred Trump to Hillary. But she wasn't going to vote for Trump because she thought he was too much of a pig. But I think that he could have he could have got mom if the grab him by the pussy stuff hadn't happened. I think he would have got mom yeah. at the end. Yeah. Because she hated Hillary. But that mom's hatred of Hillary just to me doesn't make any sense because she loves Bill. And Bill is a like Bill Clinton to me was, you know, an, like a very charismatic politician. But. If you're saying that Hillary's horrible, then how is Bill not horrible? Just because he's a more likable guy? Crazy. Man. Anyway, it's over now. The saddest thing is, though, it would have been great to have a woman president, man. It really would have been great, and now it's not happening, you know? I know. And that was some speech he gave But the positive, what I think is positive is, I don't think Trump is going to change anything, actually. I think, yeah. But I think what's become clear is people have had enough 
of corporate influence in politics. And that can't be a bad thing. I don't think in America the political will exists to actually change anything. But I think people have shown that they've had enough. Now, I have to be honest. I was willing to put that to the side. No, but Trump's going to rewrite the tax code. He's able to do that, and he's going to appoint you know, more conservative judges in the Supreme no, Court. No, so I know, I know, no, I, but I'm not talking about that. I'm yeah. talking about the things that people said they were sick of. They said they were sick of the establishment. They wanted the swamp drained. You know, they want the end of corporate influence in politics. I don't think he's changing any of that. He's certainly no, not draining the swamp not, because man. he's got a definitely load of fucking not. alligators and snakes surrounding him right now, and they all live in the swamp. <laughs> You know, Trump is just fucking putting on his alligator skin right now to live in a swamp. He's of not course. fucking draining it. Not Definitely a not. He's not draining it. What are you going to do? I'm not paying attention to politics anymore. That's it. Well, I am a little, I'm a little over, yeah, I, I feel a little overexposed to politics. Yeah. Here's what I hope might happen. This is my hope. I hope that Trump does decide to spend a lot on infrastructure. Regardless of the deficit, I think Obama wanted to do that, and he was blocked at every turn. But you know, Trump's policy on on infrastructure is not great. The best thing about that is, he wants to privatize infrastructure spending so that companies will forward the money, and hire construction workers to build the. So the tax rate's going to be low on these companies coming in to do the infrastructure, like really low. The government's not even going to tax them. Yeah, they're going to get a tax incentive to tax do the incentive. infrastructure. Yeah, and then and they're going to tax the workers. But the problem is that unemployment for construction workers is at 4%. Yes, yeah, very so low. No workers. There's actually no workers. Construction workers, there's actually work in America. Yeah. So like that policy is not going to work. It has to be government spending in order for infrastructure. So yeah. we'll have to see. I mean, it, who knows what's going to happen. Well, anyway, I hope that the infrastructure spending happens. Obama wanted to spend more money on infrastructure. They blocked him at every exactly. turn. Exactly. And Obama wanted to raise him in a wage. They blocked him. Yeah, they and blocked him at every turn. But now, so my concern is that if, if Trump does that, which I think will be good for America... Exactly. He's going to get all the bloody credit. Regret it. And then we'll have eight You know years they're going to do that, too. The eight years if I was a Republican, prick. I'd do that. You're gonna, we're gonna Smartest have eight years thing to prick. do right there is just... Uh, I personally think that fears about trade are a little unfounded. I, yes. I, you know, I'm very curious about this move against globalization. I know. Because really, the only victims of globalization are a section of society that once held a better position in society. Yeah. No, I don't feel I, I feel that they are absolutely right to be aggrieved. Yeah, I understand they were forgotten why they're about I understand why they're angry. I completely understand that. However, I think it would be a pity to completely reject the the globalization project, which is essentially to make the world a more exactly. equal place. It would be terrible to completely reject that based on the grievances of uh people that live in states that yes of course <laughs> that yeah. turn the yeah. american election red or blue exactly but i do think that uh you know reform and uh, ways to create jobs for these people is important but i also think that they are dis dismissing automation and other things that have caused those traditional jobs to disappear you know and i also think that long term you know i think this is a transition period but i think i think long term the world reorganizes itself. So I think that perhaps people will migrate, you know, like like I, I do think there will be great migrations away from these places, but I do understand the complexity of that also. No, I know. Well, as you move closer to where the jobs are, the cost of living rises exponentially. So I, I get it. It's a conundrum. But I, I, I don't think Trump is going to be the guy that fixes the conundrum. He no, got elected. definitely not. He got elected pretending I'll to be I'll be honest. It's not, it's not going to be till sea level rises. That's what I think. Global, you, think the, you, you think that climate, the climate sea change level is, rising is going to be the thing that makes people realize. Yeah, and then they're going to get these factories going again, producing uh, you know solar panels and you know alternative energy. I think right. you think that's the next. I great think the industrial world. Revolution? Yeah, that's the world. Yeah, the next industrial. We all need to come just, together. Just, just do me one favor. Yeah, stop. Do me. not swing the mic back. Oh, sorry, and forth. sorry, sorry. Because if we end up with another bloody podcast, oh, no, how's it looking? Clicks. Is it working in there? No, it it looks fine, but you're 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 waving the mic. Oh, going, sorry, I won't wave the mic. Face. Yeah. I just think that uh, the world needs to come together and get off fossil fuels. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good talk about this, but you, that's a whole other thing. But I don't think anything's going to change until we all come together. And I mean, that's the future: finding something to produce again. You oh, know? oh, oh, oh! You think that we need like a a new industrial revolution? Oh, if you want, I mean, you know, producing. But we're doing that. No, we're it producing is producing loads it of new true, technology. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's been there's been technological revolution. Anyway, whatever. Well, we won't well, get into that. We won't get into that. Let's talk about what I what you know. Yeah. The, the main topic that I that I want to talk about, which is uh, the great discovery that you had when you discovered that 
Yeah, you I were mean, dyslexic because you 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 lived your whole life undiagnosed dyslexic. Well, I could tell you. I mean, you know, because of you, obviously, you were you, you were sitting in the uh, getting your hair cut, and you heard a woman talk on the radio about their dyslexic son, and this was two thousand eight. No, no, it was two thousand seven. Two thousand. Oh no, 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 no. You're right. Two thousand eight, and it's all because of the Irish language. I mean, I could tell you. The I you owe the Irish language. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, because I was getting my hair cut. The woman said she didn't hear somebody on the radio. She said, oh, I saw your Irish program. My bo- my daughter doesn't have to do Irish because she's dyslexic. And then she told oh. me how she discovered her so daughter. So was your hair, that girl cutting your hair told you? Yeah, she said, oh. how I discovered that my daughter was dyslexic was I went to a talk about dyslexia and the mother was talking about her relationship with her daughter. So this is the uh, this is like the woman that she was watching. And that woman said, oh, I, I used to tear my hair out doing the homework and I would be shouting at her going like, why can't you figure this out i know and then i was like wow that's the way aiden was with mom yeah that's the way mom was with you yeah so that's when i said to you i think you should get a test for dyslexia i know but you had had suspicions though well i I, a little bit i guess i don't know but not not as much as i like i never researched as much as i would like to until you told me and then i started researching and i was like wow i was like no but i know it was not the first time that we talked about it i know i didn't just come to you and say did you ever get tested yeah maybe i I, 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 I used to joke and say i'm dyslexic but i didn't know much about it but i was like i didn't really know the whole science behind it but i was like oh yeah maybe i am dyslexic well of course you didn't know the science i mean you didn't know but anyway you went for the test well yeah i mean we'll go we'll start from there yeah i went for the test and i found out and like it, it it was in Dorky, so that's. Oh, you went to the test I in Dorky. I went to Dorky, so I like to living it up a bit, you know. Yeah, they have the test in Dorky no, to remind you where you could have been if you'd yeah, been exactly. diagnosed with dyslexia exactly. young. <laughs> it was a you, it's a long wait to get tested. Like it's hard, you know. There's not that many educations. You got to wait so like a few months before I was able to do it. But I went and did it. And anyways, I took the. What test. do you mean? It was. What, it what, takes a little to... while. It takes a, a few months. Like there's like long waiting lists and stuff to get tested. Apparently. That's what really? I remember. Yeah, I remember just putting in an appointment. It took a while. Okay. Anyways, it's besides the point. Uh, unnecessary point. Uh, sorry. Hey, just, fucking, <laughs> just, just keep talking. I'm will joking. you, for fuck's sake? I'm joking. Uh, I, uh, so I went and got tested, and then you wait. You know, you do the test. It's like three hours long, and then you wait in the waiting room, and then she calls you back in. So you have to sit in the waiting room for like 45 minutes. She's grading you or whatever, and she comes back in, and then she told me I was, I, yes, you are dyslexic. You, you tested know? positive. I tested positive for dyslexia, which is my joke. But man, I tell you, man, what I mean, you know, what a what a feeling, you know, to be honest, like, you know, because dyslexia, man, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of deep levels to dyslexia when you're a kid and no, but what was the feeling at so, that moment? I tell you, it was unbelievable. Like, the, the the biggest feeling was shame being lifted off my shoulder. That is the biggest thing, you know, the shame that was associated with being dyslexic, and the, the, the mistakes you make growing up in school, not doing good in school sitting in the back of the class, all that stuff, and then finding out was like a weight lifted off my shoulder. But unfortunately, shame is a thing a lot of dyslexics struggle with, which is why there's so many dyslexics in prison, because, you know, you, you're in school, it's a very important thing for your self-esteem, and yeah, you're well, doing Yeah, well, ba- let's, let's go back then, rather than, you know, yeah. talking about that. Let's, let's go back and... So it's really much the biggest problem started when I actually started to read. That's when things really started to, to struggle. I mean, I did, unfortunately, maybe might have growing up, maybe struggle with uh, words sometimes as a kid. I do remember mixing up a few sounds because that's a part of the problem of dyslexia is the sounds, the sounds of words, you know, so it's phon- it's a phonological problem as much as it's a reading problem. Yeah. So you think that some of the things we used to make fun of you of when you were a kid were actually symptoms of dyslexia, yeah, like, like Burber when you King. used to say Burber King yes. and Jofus. Jofus. Yeah. You used to call Joseph Lane Jofus. That's right, yeah, Jofus. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you think that was part of it? Huh? I do. I do. And of think course, a little we were bit. making fun of you, making it worse. Yeah, but I did pick up language. Okay, so it was fine. You know, a little bit. Those little. You no, know, but those... dyslexia isn't a problem with picking up language, right? Like, like a little bit, th- a, a slight bit. You know, you, you, a little bit. You know, but yeah, but when you start reading is when re- when you really see the problem. Like in first grade, because we didn't even like. Catholic school, you didn't even like nowadays. Kids are reading in kindergarten, but I we did not start reading until yeah. Sister Grace Ann did yes. not make us read. No, definitely not. What the hell not. did we do in kindergarten? I know. I just remember tying my nap. shoes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember learning how to tie and it my was great, shoes. Was half and a there was day. two methods. There was two more. tying shoes methods, and we we just the Bishop family used one method. Anyway, so you went to Sister Electa. Yeah, I went. First, so grade. I started reading, and then I just remember, oh my God, I just 
it was it was it's so it was so difficult I, I remember so well and then I remember it, it almost feels like your brain's locking up you know I just couldn't comprehend what I was reading and it was I was struggling and then you know it was all becoming aware mom was finding out and well, I was well, how was sister Electa's reaction to your well, reading struggles? well first of all well sister Electa was nice to me man I mean she was really good about it and then I used to have to go in first grade when we used to go to we used to go to mass you don't remember this for an hour, but I used to not go to mass with you guys and go to the rectory and do extra reading with Sister Electa. Oh, really? She used to do it with you? Yeah, I used to sit down one-on-one with Sister Electa, and she used to help me. And I remember the books I was reading, and I, I actually remember, I still visualize it, like the struggles and sitting there going, ooh, ooh, you know, trying to read. Sound it out and Sound everything. Sound it out. Oh, my God, I know. And the stress of that. Oh, my God. And then reading aloud in class, I mean, our... I mean, God, and then making mistakes and yeah. So what would reading aloud in class? I tell you, yeah, reading aloud. And then I remember in second or third grade going to see who had the guidance counselor at the time. It was Miss Sokol. Was that Sokol? Was it? Yeah, Miss so- Mrs. Sokol. She yeah. gave me some sort of test, and then they were like, "Oh, he's not retarded." I think they were testing like the people thought I was slow. That's the thing. Like you. Think oh yeah, yeah. So you get diagnosed like he's got like a learning disorder. Yeah, well, they were saying, but it's not like, yeah, you're not slow. That was a, like, there was like, when you're not doing reading well in school, they actually thought you might be like mentally slow. Yeah. So there was that fear like, oh my God, Aiden might be a little bit retarded. I don't yeah. mean to use that word, but. But back then, that's the word that they were using. Yeah, that was it. They were actually testing like it might be slightly retarded rather than testing for yeah, dyslexia. They didn't bring dyslexia up at all. Like, I, I, how, I don't understand how I that. I don't understand how that wasn't brought up at all. You know, so. So, then, so what's that like when you're, when. The the horror because a lot of dyslexics talk about the horror the horror of reading in class. Yeah, well, reading aloud in class is you know very difficult. So what what happens is, you know, I like a lot of dyslexics probably do this. You you actually count the paragraphs. So I knew I was a twelfth guy, and then I'd be counting the paragraphs, and I would like, oh man, the twelfth paragraph. You know, so I read that thing over and over. I wouldn't be listening to what people are saying. I'm reading, make sure I don't make any mistakes. And of course, there's always the good reader who reads two or three paragraphs, and then I'd be <laughs> fucked. Then and then. Fucks- I, and then you're reading, you know, you're like multi, you know, then you try to predict the words. So you're like multi-celled orgasms instead of like organisms. These are the type of thing. And then, you know, you get like people laugh and like yeah. the shame, the shame of that is just unreal. But that would have been later anyway. You would yeah, have had multi-celled oh, organisms. No, third in grade, your, third grade. Third grade, you were reading multi-celled oh, yeah, organisms? Oh yeah, we would start in biology in third yeah, grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying like. So what did you, how did you feel about the good reader guy? Oh, I was always, I know, he was like, fucking, these are put the best readers in the front of the class and work your way down. So I was always in the back of the class. Yeah. Like once the first report call came, that was it. I was always at the start as Aiden at the top of the class because Aiden Bishop, you know, used to do alphabetical order. So that would be like the first or two. For one or two, yeah. And then by the time the first report call came, I was down in the back. Really? Yeah, because they used to put the best people. Really? Yeah. Oh, they used to great. Who yeah. did you have, Miss, Miss Sullivan? I don't know. One of the teachers, man. Maybe I, I don't remember. I just remember one of the time I had, like always in the in the back in of the, the back. Yeah. And so, what's that? How do you feel when it's coming to you with the reading? Well, I mean, like, I, how I, is the bot like? Well, like, you how know, do you it's feel just, in your oh, body? Sweating, you, you, the nervousness, yeah. the, the 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 shame of it, and you know, and then you know, testing tests, you know, and then uh, doing bad in tests and. Going home to mom. Mom would like. There was a time when mom was like really active in in our schooling, and she'd be working with me. And man, she used to get like she used to get so stressed out. Oh, dude. I remember that. I used to get super. So it was your like homework was when I was a kid, man. School was stress. Going home was a stress. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know? yeah, yeah that, that was hard. That was hard. Your homework was a nightmare. Oh man, I remember. What's this word? Aiden, what's this word? Smoking a cigarette, like yeah. literally having do? a nervous break. What break-up. are we gonna do? Yeah, with this I know. Kid? Because f- that's the problem. It's like parents, you know, they, they want to see their kids do in school because then there's this fear that you're not going to succeed in life if you're not doing good in school. So there was this massive fear and shame. And then I was like going to reading things on Saturday, but no one diagnosed me dyslexic. It was really, it was really strange, you know. I know. I don't understand how they couldn't see it. Yeah, I know. But I tell you one thing, another problem with, you know, dyslexia is, uh, you know, there's other things that come up with dyslexia, you know, like... Uh, I'm terrible with directions. Always been really bad with direction. That that's one thing. No, I, I know, but like just before we move off of that stuff. So like, do you not worry that you ended up with like anxiety disorder from so much stress of going to school for, you know, for some so long? Yeah, I do. I think, and I'm I'm realizing it more now since we started talking about the last time I done before the the other podcast we did that never went out. I was doing more research on it, man. Oh, the, really? Yeah, and the more I was like, holy shit, you know, the you have more like I was post traumatic stress. Disorder. I was like, yeah, man, you know. 
I was like, that's why, yeah, I know. I was like reading it going, damn, you know. And that's why the more research I do, you see how so many dyslexics end up in prison, you know, because, you know, first of all, you're you're put in the back of the class. You're told you're no good. You're told you're lazy. You're told you're not working hard enough. Yeah, And yeah. then a lot of kids just go, fuck it, that's it. I'm lazy, I'm bad. And then they turn bad. But then another thing they, they talk about dyslexia is... is I- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. High rate of entrepreneurship with dyslexia. Right. You know, because I guess they're trying to say... Well, that I the, guess because ideas... Is it, is, it, is, it part, is it something to do with the wiring of the brain? Well, they try. Yeah, that's what, that's what science says, is that dyslexics just think differently. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's that people learn differently. Yeah, and they're trying to say this, but I also think it's because you're forced to be on your own. You got to do something on your own, so you're forced to kind of like you're not going to go to cl- school and connect with people and do it that way. You're forced on your own how to grow and learn. Yeah, and I guess I guess you get self. I guess also there's also it's more satisfying to come up with ideas than to learn because to learn you have to read, whereas you come up with ideas, you're just coming up with ideas in your head. There's no, there's no like. There's no deficiency or you're on an equal footing if you're just trying to come up with ideas. Whereas if you're reading, you have to deal with this fact that you're wired differently. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, anyways, like, you know, that's why so many, you know, they're always bringing up. Anyways, we'll talk about that nearly at the end. But they're always bringing up successful people who are dyslexic. You know, you'd yeah, well, be surprised. dyslexic. Yeah, Tom Richard Cruise Branson, is dyslexic. Richard Branson is dyslexic. Oh, Richard Branson is and, dyslexic. And even Steven Spielberg is dyslexic talking. I was watching a video on him talking about it. But oh, really? That generation all talk about how hard it was in school and, 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 and the shame associated with being dyslexic and, you know, the self-esteem issues you get. So throughout my whole school, it was always like extra reading at the school, you know, sometimes because when you were older than me, sometimes your friends used to come back from high school from like you were you were a freshman in prep. Yeah. So they the, some of the girls from your class were coming to help me read. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, you know, they were still connected to St. Kevin's because they were in prep and they would come back. And I loved it. I mean, I loved meeting the high Hanging school girls. The older yeah, girls. of course, man. I just remember thinking, wow, they're so developed. And then, so you went through your entire education, literally. Yeah, and I had to, I tell you, I had the mindset of like, you're lazy. I had that mindset. You know, and then what happens is, you know, you, you get old and you keep making these mistakes. You know, you make, you're still making these dyslexic mistakes and you're like, man, I'm, I am literally, I really felt like I was an idiot. I, I never, I really felt I wasn't smart. Like, I really felt I was dumb up until I took that test. Yeah, you thought fundamentally you're dumb. I, that I, you've I been felt sort of, I was, yeah. You've been, I, you've been getting away with it. Uh, yeah, I really thought like, yeah, my, I really thought I was stupid. Now, you have a degree from St. John's University. Yeah. So how the fuck did you manage that? Well, that was because I majored in something I knew I could pass in. I majored in history. So well, why I, did you know you could pass that? Well, because you could take, you know, you could take the work home with you. So I was able to like, you know, it's a lot of papers, writing papers. Even I wasn't great at writing. I was terrible at getting thoughts to paper. I don't know how I passed. It really is a joke, that school. I don't know how I... Pay. Man, there was only one professor who actually <laughs> graded me properly. He's like, there was one guy, I liked him. Uh, I was actually uh, Irish abroad class. It was like one of the classes, the Irish abroad. So I studied like Irish in America for years. And he's like, this doesn't make any sense. He was telling me, this doesn't make any sense. It's not me. Other teachers just was like, yeah, C, C, C. Oh, yeah. They were but just- this guy was actually failing me. He's like, bro, this doesn't make... You're not getting thoughts. This doesn't make any sense. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'll be in college, you know, oh, my God, freaking out. But anyways, but I couldn't, first of all, I couldn't get into college because uh, my grades are so bad. So I graduated high school at the bottom of my class. Oh, you did? Yes. Graduated high school. Bottom, I got an 880 on my SATs. 
and I graduated. But it's not terrible. Eight eighty is not terrible. No, it's not terrible. But you were still the two, right? You yeah, were still yeah. But 1600? you have the standard, Yeah, here I am. It's Holy Cross, which is not a, Holy Cross High School in New York City is not an academic school at all. You know, and it's it's very easy to get good grades in that school, and I still graduated at the bottom of the class. Yeah, I was the bottom third of that class, and then I couldn't get into St. John's, so I had to go the first semester non-matriculated. So you take all the core classes, because mom was working there, so it was free. Yeah, it was free, but not my first year. It wasn't free, so that. But your non-matriculated classes, were you able to get into that because mom was working there, or you could have just no, applied anyway? To, no, I had to go to summer school actually. Finally went to summer school for the first time in my life. I never. So I had to. Me and all the other dyslexic kids. I don't know what they were like trying to figure out what's wrong. They still didn't. T- they never mentioned dyslexia, and I still failed math. So if I passed math, I would have got in. But I failed, so I had to do it all over again the first semester. Non-matriculated, Non-matriculated. in St. John's. Yeah. Right. So then anyway, we don't need to go to that, but you did get a degree. Yeah, I got a degree, you yeah. graduated from St. John's. One of the reasons was I was able to cheat too. You know, you, like you, you could, because like what I did was in St. John's is sometimes you'd have to do the essays in the class. So there was three colored booklets. There was pink, green, and blue. So sometimes they give you the questions these are the four or five questions I'm going to ask you two or something like that. So I literally would write every possible scenario on all different paper, on different color paper, different colored sheets, and then go into class. And if it's the yellow one, and then I pull out the yellow one that I pre-wrote at home and just swap it. But and how I, did you have the pads? I I I kept every class. I always asked for a few extra. Ah, slick. Slick, yeah. That's the entrepreneurial side yeah, of exactly. your dyslexic brain. You see. <laughs> But yeah, that's and the I, one, side. Thing, I'd be, one thing I will have to say is though, man, I was always able to make people laugh in class. That's the honest truth. I was always very funny and that always kept me going, man. That always kept me going through school. Just realizing that when I'm in a group of people, I could make people laugh. You know, yeah. so like, uh, yeah, I used to get like, I used to get my professors laugh and my whole life I was able to get yeah, people so, laugh. Yeah, but you, I mean, you, do you think the two are connected? No. No, not at all. No, I just, I just like to make people it laugh. kept you sane though. Yeah, I get. It. I guess I kind of just yeah, it did a little bit because you're about you like you like to joke around a bit because it gives you self-esteem in class when you can make people laugh. So that's where a lot of like me joking around in class comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. So I graduated St. John's. Whatever, man. I graduated, you know, C average basically. Yeah, but you got your degree. I got a degree in history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't worry. We're not doing your life story. We're not going to talk about the fact that you already started doing stand up. No, I know, I know. I don't yeah. care about just, that. Just, yeah. We can talk about that in a minute, but I just want to stay on this for a second. So fast forward, you're now in Ireland. You're living in Ireland. You're a comedian. You're gigging on the regular. And your fucking annoying, busybody brother comes to you and says, I think you should be tested for dyslexia. Yeah. And then you discover you're dyslexic. Most so, profound moment of my life, like 100%. Most profound realization of my whole entire life. Like unbelievable. Life-changing, like... No word of a lie. And it was just, you know, you just, this wave of like ease and peace comes over you because you just know, like, you now you know what's wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, because how old were you? 27. You were 27 years old. 28, 28, yeah. 28 when you discovered you were dyslexic. And yeah. for 24 of those years, or certainly 23 of them, you were dealing with the problems of dyslexia. Yeah. Like really, you were dealing with the stress of having it. So that's... That's a lot of suffering. Well, like dyslexic, you read a paragraph, you're like, what the fuck? What did I just read? I have no idea what yeah, I, I just know. read. Yeah, I know. So then so then you discovered it. What did you discover? Like like in terms of like... Well, I discovered the most important thing is how to acquire information. Dyslexia is like a different way of acquiring information. I can't acquire information the normal way. Like even sitting down, I used to read the paper, but I'd always struggle. You know, like now I don't even bother trying to read the paper. I literally... I'd rather just read from my... I'd rather read from my phone because... I could, I could, you could highlight. It's great about technologies. I could highlight the whole article on my phone and then hit text speech, right? So I have to use text speech to read, bro. I'll be honest. Like I much prefer to do that than actually trying to read. So right. you do the text speech on the phone, but you speed it up a bit. It's not like the boy went. Yeah. It's like the boy went. And then if I, once I hear something, I retain everything. So it's been like a total. You know, revolutionary thing in my confidence and everything, but just in retaining information off the printed word has been like monumental. That's yeah, that was like so I you never, started you started getting um 
ebooks, right? You started yeah, yeah. rather got, yeah, you started yeah. reading and listening. Like I got myself a Kindle, reading and listening at yeah, the reading and listening, but this, the key is to you got to listen to spit. You can't you can't listen to it normal because it's you know, it's like the boy, it's yeah. like it's like the boy went to the shop, you know, you know, I wrote all the Game of Thrones books. Oh, you listen to them and yeah, read them. I, you listen, read them and listen at the same time, yeah, right? Yeah, but like yeah, you could just nowadays on all the all the ebooks, you could just hit the text speech on there and it's so much better it used to be more computerized but now it almost sounds oh really yeah it used to be so much more it's great listen to game of thrones because it's like he, he pen, it was still very computerized then so he penetrated her with you know in a computer <laughs> he one. penetrated yeah. her he could penetrated her with his massive sword <laughs> whatever <laughs> but now like they actually have an english accent now so it's a little bit like normal oh oh oh, oh so now it actually sounds a bit game yeah, of thrones yeah now yeah now it sounds game of thrones yeah all right. But man, you know, I read a lot. I read more not. I could read more nonfiction now. It's great. I mean, it's not just about reading though. It's just about everything in general. It's just about retention. And then also, when you make a mistake, you don't give. You, I used to give myself a hard time when you like, you're like in your early twenties, mid twenties, and you're like, Jesus Christ, I fucking, you know, it says go right, and you know, it doesn't always happen to me. But sometimes I'd be confused with right and left, or you know, your, your directions. Like I, I have to have my, I have to have my Google Maps all the time. Where I'm walking. So, so directions is part of dyslexia. A little bit, yeah. It's like uh, that is a, one of the one of the things, yeah. Just, just, just not being able to. And do you find rest. you were left with any sort of? You still f sometimes just get a bit nervous because you're because you were so used to being. Tensed well, I up. tell you what, the hardest thing is when you're an adult, and then because I'm reading more, I'm acquiring new words. Oh, you know, I'm I'm not just reading more, but I, you know, I'm more confident. But when I when I hear a new word, man, and then I'm I'm not, it's not in my brain enough, I, I get I get it wrong a lot. So oh, you still get words wrong. Yeah, sometimes you try to sound smart, and then like you know, you're like a new word. I know I know you with that sometimes when I like some of this. <laughs> your asshole brothers. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know because you're 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 very good like that. You're very good with words and language, and then I'm like I like for one there was one that used to annoy me was like I was like by an accident I used to say. Oh yeah, by accident. Yeah, by, by accident. Or there was a couple other ones. That, I mean, I, I I I think I did one recently with your buddies, but that was like more of a I, I can't remember. I, I sometimes it doesn't I, matter. Yeah, but that's a common thing with dyslexia. But do you prefer to be corrected or do you prefer to just like not well, care? Well, listen, people correct me now. I just got to laugh it off. I really yeah. do. I got I got to laugh. But there was a time when I would do that and I'd be like, oh my God, like, I'm like Jesus Christ, I'm fucking an idiot. Like, yeah. I'm stupid. Like that used to make me think I was stupid, you know? But at the end of the day, intelligence is intelligence. There's all different types of intelligence. You know, just because you're not the best with words doesn't mean you're not no of course you know? of course so you decided to write a show then yeah the show was good what yeah. year was that that was 2011 believe it or not five years ago yeah i know yeah so five years ago you wrote a show called misspelled misspelled yeah and you took it to the edinburgh fringe and yeah. it was about your experience of dyslexia yeah and i only wrote it i wrote it in two or three months i only found out yeah it was like i wrote it in, i started writing it in april and then i was there in august i think it was good yeah it was good i enjoyed that it was my favorite thing of doing comedy was that show yeah and Definitely. did you did you like what was the main crooks of it was it was it a, more about your personal journey was it more about informing people about dyslexia it was more it was more geared towards adults you know i was trying to gear it more towards adults who may not be tested so it was like my little bit of my experience and then i do i do some dyslexia jokes in there from my life you know yeah sure because obviously there's a lot of misconceptions about dyslexia well yeah of course well well well, spelling is definitely a, a problem with dyslexia. And you think, you know, my one joke is a common joke, but my joke is that dyslexia, you know, you think a, 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 a condition where it's hard to spell, you think they make it an easy word to spell. You yeah. Know? It's a hard one. I literally was like, took me a few times to figure out dyslexia. D-Y. D-Y, right? That's so, it's so messed up. You can't do that to dyslexic people. You know, D-Y. I mean, now I know it's D-Y. Dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah, and then so spell check is not my uh, strong. Sometimes I'd be typing something if I got to write an email, and the word is so wrong that you, you don't even spell get, check can't even spell check can't even figure it out. But so you get like Russian fucking Russian words come up. Like, are you speaking Russian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so so the show the show ended up being like well supported by yeah, I was, I was so surprised. Yeah, I didn't realize yo because like well, one in ten people are dyslexic. It's very common. You know, and there's a lot of the education system. It's such a huge problem in the education system that, you know, it's still re it's still a problem. So all I was getting teachers from, you know, Teachers Association of England were coming, you know, and it was all this like great support. It was it was 20 percent sold out before I even started. Yeah, but just on the title yeah, but it alone. had a good theme. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not even known at all. Like no one knows who I am over there. Yeah. And just from like reading the thing. 
just from reading the books or whatever the promotion books yeah 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 the the program program yeah yeah so um what was i gonna say oh yeah so do you ever get jealous or sorry are you ever annoyed that like perhaps had you gone to public school or certainly had you just been a little later in the education system you would have been diagnosed dyslexic and you would have been given like uh, study aids more Definitely, time in, more man. time in your I mean, exams when you're younger and you and you have that and then you know you get that confidence i think i think definitely would have helped or i could have just got frustrated and said screw school you know i don't know it's hard yeah. to tell i know but like nowadays somebody in your situation would have had access to yeah, a the laptop most, yeah exactly a laptop listening reading and listening being able to retain it and extra and then, time and exams and then getting the test and getting the confidence from doing well in the test would be like a total boost. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, of course, you wouldn't be going through your whole education feeling like you're stupid. Yeah, man, I know. You know? I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I remember that when you found out that you were dyslexic. Honestly, bro, the truth is that sometimes I thought the same. Sometimes I was like, maybe Aiden is just, you know, like just not all there in his brain. I know. Well, that's the problem. You see, that's the, that's the problem. And that was my judgment, which, of course, I was wrong. But like I did have that thought. Like I was relieved when you got diagnosed with dyslexia. I know, man. It, our, you know, that's a problem. Like, you know, I don't think our family knew anything about it. And yeah, I, th- I, I always thing. felt like I always felt that was like an underlying thing in our family. <laughs> it was like you guys thought maybe I was a little bit slow, you know. But it, it worked out great. I mean, I'm delighted. I mean, yeah. So I'm yeah, a but little. It could have been better. It could have been better. Do you no. not have any resentments about it? It's neglect in a way. I mean, yeah, it, is it is neglect. neglect. It is neglect. Uh, it is a little bit of neglect. What can I you mean, do? I guess. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't, you know, like everybody has something in their life, though. Right. You can't, you know, like I, I could look back. Yes, I am annoyed, but I can't let it affect me now. I mean, you got it. You got, you know, I got it. It's, it's on me now to really try to progress and, you know. Yeah, I guess some people would say, well, fuck him. He's got a great face. So you yeah, win exactly. some, you lose some. Exactly. And I, always, <laughs> and I know. Because like, at home, it was tougher. I think at home, it was tougher for me because I was the youngest. And uh, I think it was harder for me to, 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 to be heard in our house. But when I was outside the house, I was a little bit more confident. Right. So like you guys all thought, because I'd be at the dinner table... And like my two older brothers are there, and then like they, they even dyslexia kicks in more. You know, you, you're nervous. Oh, you're nervous. And yeah, and then you know the words get mixed up, and then you two, what would what, you say? Uh, uh, what'd you say? And then I, uh, you know, and then, but when I was out of the house, man, I was super confident. I was like a leader in my age group. I was like a, I was a, a very, I was, a, I was one of the the leaders. I was one of the alpha males of the group. However, I was a nice guy. I would never want anybody to be do anything bad but yeah. i was definitely a popular kid but poor little Aiden, the youngest brother wasn't yeah, able to be the boss of the house yeah exactly with, with his butter on his pasta because he didn't like eating anything <laughs> else poor little Aiden. i know <laughs> Man. i don't like no i don't feel sorry for myself butter. i just want my, my, i just want pasta and butter <laughs> yeah i know it was weird man i had weird eating habits i don't know yeah what i know and you eat wrong. everything now but you were the most finicky yeah, eater. weird man i know butter I, and pasta. I was germaphobic too i used to hate like you guys put your finger in my food i wouldn't eat it you don't remember that? Well, that was I, I was Mike, I feel more. Oh, all right. I mean, I, I, I did bad shit, but I think Mike was Mike used to like touching your food so you wouldn't eat it. I know, I know. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, you guys like peanut butter. I hated peanut butter. Yeah, you had a problem with peanut butter. Yeah. So did Dad. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, but you couldn't eat peanut butter, yeah. Yeah, poor Dad was dyslexic too, though. I think Dad was undiagnosed dyslexic. He said it to me when I told him. He's like, you know what, man? He's like, I used to see you with your mom, and I was like that too. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that to me. Oh, dad probably had this. But dad had so much shit in his life. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, he was fucking even, physically abused, sexually know, abused. The poor bastard. I'd say he'd look at you saying, I'd love if that was my only problem when I, I was know, a kid. I know, That's poor all fuck. Good. I mean, what a survivor. Jesus, that, man. I know. What, what a survivor. survivor. I look for him inspiration. What? Dad's an inspiration for me, you know, in a lot of ways. But again, he, he had a great face. Exactly. You know, I guess exactly. if you got a good face, you can get away with a lot of shit. I know. Thank God, man. I know. Yeah. Lucky you, you were born a white man with a good face. <laughs> you know, if you chisel were, features. Yeah, if you were, if you were, you know, if you were, uh, if you were a black kid, like, like in fairness, this is actually a true point. If you were a black kid from a tough neighborhood and you were struggling like you were with dyslexia, undiagnosed, no chance. Well, you never know. You could be also would have been public school. <laughs> well, public school might have just diagnosed it. No, I know, I know. No, I'm sure. But um, yeah. Unfortunately, mom just wasn't a great uh, mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't great, man. 
Well, know, she wasn't she great wasn't with that. Great. She had a lot of anxiety. I yeah, mean, in she finish, had a lot of anxiety. One man. day I'm going to do a podcast with mom, but she had a lot of anxiety. More honestly, you're going to have to get left back. You're going to have to get left back. I'm taking you to public school. She's trying to take me to public school. <laughs> I honestly, though, I mean, I, I've lived in a lot of other people's houses in my life more than the average person, and uh, and now that I'm an adult, a lot of my friends have children, so I've seen a lot of other lives, and I have to say. The level of anxiety was unnecessary. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, you know, whatever. There are reasons for everybody. Everybody has their reasons. But I do think that your dyslexia, uh, every we dealt, we were given doses of mom's anxiety for different reasons. Some more self-inflicted than others. But uh, your dyslexia definitely brought a lot of mom's anxiety your way, which was. Uh, unfortunate i mean honestly i probably ended up in ireland due to mom's anxiety yeah. even though me being in ireland was kind of my idea you know like in that i put the idea in her head the fact that like essentially i failed four subjects in saint francis prep yeah that was it okay i got caught drinking twice that summer but i mean it was just i was like slightly wayward teenager nothing too insane I know, you, know? you just failed a few subjects i, I know. failed four subjects in saint francis oh prep God. if you fail more than two you get kicked out right but of course, the fucking chaos, you know, the anxiety, it seemed like it was a lot bigger deal than it was. So when the solution came about to go to Ireland, now I wanted to go because I had all that other shit going on with fucking geese. Yeah, I know, I know, man. And, I remember uh, that. I, I remember but, that. But So I was happy to leave. But at the same time, I do think that uh, the, the, the stress surrounding it was way more than it needed to be and perhaps of course of perhaps course. it wouldn't have felt like it needed as much of a solution as going to another country I know, if Jesus. everybody had just remained calm now i don't regret it because you know it's been a great life but the anxiety manifested itself and we've all i know we've, all, I, I we've know. all been victims of it. the anxiety still we've has all it. been victims of the anxiety you know for you it was those i know but I, you know I, I i look at it now and i think yeah mom like if, if you put it in a, in a context that she had an anxiety disorder you're like she has a disorder like oh yeah definitely but that the, was not the, a term. you know you think of, yeah something that was not a term that was bandied about yeah of course a child children of an alcoholic the trauma of that like really her parents are bad alcoholics her brain when she was young or whatever something happened yeah yeah some I wiring think there's problem. some trauma there there's some trauma there you know so you look at the way you, you if you look at it from a science perspective you, you can understand it a little bit more yeah, it's complete. Well, also, it's completely understandable now because I, you know, I, I, like I don't care, like in the sense that I like it's fun to talk about it and joke about it with a with a kind of a better understanding of it. You yeah, know, 10 I years know, ago, I it know. wasn't that way. 10 years ago, it was very resentful. Yeah, I know. But, I know. But, you know, not as much now, particularly in the last few years where you can just the word anxiety disorder gets bandied about a lot more. Like, yeah, even of Bella, course. Our little cousin, she's 15, but she talks about anxiety. Like in a very healthy way, like I just, I just don't remember being aware of like the fact that we were living with way too much anxiety. Yeah, the language didn't exist. Do you know what I mean? Of course, you know, and we've only been talking now. Yeah, we're talking like that with mom a little bit more now, and it helps me understand a little bit. But now I'm thinking about it, I think about my own anxiety in my own life. You know, especially the anxiety from you know fear of the future. And the fear of like me being a failure in life was huge when I was growing up, you know? What do you mean grow like like, you know, just what am I gonna do with my life? You know, and I guess mom had that fear as well and she put it on me. You know what I mean? But that's more recent, no? Yeah, I know. I don't know, man. You don't want to talk about that. No. I don't think you've worked through that just yet. No, I was just thinking <laughs> about that. I'm, a, I'm trying to process this Shut now. Up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm processing this shit now. I don't want to talk about anything you haven't worked out for yourself yet. <laughs> Jesus, no, I'm all right. no, no, it's fine. I'm only kidding. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's that. I mean, I guess. Uh, for yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good, you know. And uh, I mean, let's I, listen. This is, this is much better. I mean, honestly, for the listener, the first time me and Aiden tried to do this, it was very difficult. There was the the joke of it is that there was technical difficulties on the podcast but i went to listen to the podcast to see if i could salvage something out of it because we just we couldn't get a check no <laughs> i know i know couldn't get it going uh but i think that was 
look, I think I was... No, but po- what happened was I literally was partially- doing more research from that last part has put me in a better place. Like, I, I don't know. No, 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 I- no, no. No, but just, just, just to talk about what happened. I think part of why that chat wasn't great was a little bit my fault. I mean, I think you were very nervous and unsure of how to talk to me on the podcast because it's not a normal relationship because we know each other our whole lives. But in your defense, when I thought back, I realized I was asking you questions that I knew the answer to. And it is weird to tell somebody. uh, like So it's weird for you to tell me about your childhood when you know I bloody know. Yeah, you know what I mean. I so, know. I it was my fault actually. It was my fault because I I shouldn't have I shouldn't have tried to get you to talk about shit that you knew that I knew. You know what I mean? That that, that was just no. That's great. I mean, it's great to talk to you about the dyslexia stuff, though. It is good. Because no, that's good because I didn't know about that, and I was you know because you about left. In, you I was in fourth grade when you went to Ireland, and you weren't around the school. You come home in the summers. You know, so you weren't around uh, when the you were in fourth grade. Yeah, when you nineteen. Yeah, when you went the first. Oh no, fifth no, you're grade. In fifth, fifth grade. grade. You're starting no, fifth grade. Fifth, that's right. So you were there for fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah, I, you were starting fifth grade when. Yeah, I Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty crazy to think about that now, right? That when I was fourteen, like younger than Bella is now. Uh, even though she is actually in the states temporarily, but. Uh, do you remember going to the airport that day? I do. Uh, I, I, I do remember it. And I remember who was with us too. Emily Boodle. Yeah. My first love. No, I know. God, I know. Who's still friends with me. We're friends on Facebook. I know. But uh, yeah, it's a crazy thing. August, the, the night of August 25th, 1990. I arrived on August 26th, next day. Yeah. But I I, we, didn't know what, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I don't know. Yeah, I just remember you were. You know, you to me you were so much older than me. You were like ancient. You yeah, know? I know. I was only four. It was years only older four, five. Yeah, four, but five grades. Five grades. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like you were like so much older than me because you were like, so much more. I don't know, man. You were just so confident and you were super smart. I, you were super together already, even at four. But I wasn't. I know. That's I was a thing. mess. You, oh, I, I was know, all in your brain. Yeah, you, you, I know. You're just my older brother. I fell you know? out with two different groups. I got excluded by two different groups of I people. I know. I know. You know, just in that That's particular year. So it's funny. Perception is not reality. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, God, bullying though. I mean, you can talk about that too. No, geez. I've talked no, about that a few times already. I'm actually going to do a bullying episode. Yeah. Because I have some stuff from Chris Gethard that I haven't used yet uh, from earlier in our chat. And uh, I want to talk to a couple of people and do like a bullying episode. I think that's a good idea. So we won't talk about that now. Yeah, anyway, uh, well, that's it. Any uh, any uh, any relationships? <laughs> I'm only kidding. No comments. I don't ask people about that. No comments. You're not married. You're 36. You're not married. You're nearly 37. That's great. You feel any pressure? I don't know. I was, but not anymore. Really? It passed? It's too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's only getting easier. Uh, ladies, any interest in Aiden? His Snapchat is what? Aiden Bishop 22. Aiden Bishop 22. Yeah, I got to think of a better. Aiden, Aiden Bishop 22 on Snapchat. I'm on. At Aido Bishop on Twitter. And then Aiden Bishop on Facebook. Aiden Bishop on Facebook or the International Comedy Club. Yeah, the International Comedy Club on has on. a has a Facebook. And you should always go to the International, the the sort of epicenter of Irish comedy. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, Aiden. Wait, 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 wait. Let me give you a hug. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, thank you very much to Aiden his honesty talking about his struggles with dyslexia and both of our honesty talking about our mother who I hope doesn't listen to this um, although I think it was it was it should be okay relatively honest there um, what else can I say well thank you the listener and thank you for your patience and waiting two weeks for another podcast uh, I'll try to get it together you see I'm writing I, I, I'm I'm doing a lot of crap at the moment. So anyway, you can see Aiden in the International or on tour with me uh, this week. This weekend I am uh, in Castle Blaney and in Burr. Oh no, in Ballymun actually on Saturday. So some Dublin people who couldn't get tickets to other venues, there's some tickets left for Ballymun this Saturday, and uh, is uh, Blanchestown is sold out and Newbridge. Uh, is sold out so if anybody out there is looking in the general sort of 
one hour drive from Dublin area and you're looking for a place to go, Ballymun has tickets on Saturday. Uh, the following week, uh, Borough County Offaly has some tickets if you want to go to that one. And uh, check out desbishop.net for dates. New show in January. One day you'll understand, which I'm also writing at the moment. Uh, and then get ready for my new TV show coming out in December called This is Ireland, which is just a kind of a daily show, John Oliver type thing, talking about Irish and world current affairs. So, no idea who my next guest is going to be. I do plan to have David O'Darty on at some stage. I do plan to have Tommy Tiernan on at some stage, both of which have said that they will do it. Louise O'Neill uh, on at some stage. She will probably be our first non-stand-up comedian. Uh, so she has expressed an interest on in being on the podcast. Uh, Ashling Franchosi perhaps wants to be on the podcast from the fall. So we got we got a good uh, we got a good bunch of people that we're going to have coming up. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, I'll chat to you guys soon. Uh, miss you all. And uh, don't forget feedback. Snapchat Des Buffer, Instagram Des Bishop, Twitter Des Bishop, Facebook at .com forward slash Des Bishop. And uh, we love the feedback. Give us a few few five-star reviews on uh, iTunes. Get us back up in the charts. Of course, I've been super lazy, so we've, we've slipped down like Tiger Woods uh, in the charts. But no big deal. And uh, we'll chat to you soon. Bye. 